Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat learning session with TBA rabbinic intern Ben Siegel. A little bit of background. Um, in the period between Tisha B'Av uh, and Rosh Hashanah, we read seven Haftarot. There's seven Shabbatot in between, and each Shabbat, we read a different Haftarah that is not necessarily directly linked to the Parsha. It's linked to the idea of consolation. So we come leading into Tisha B'Av, um, the ninth of Av, we uh, read a couple of Haftarot that are Haftarot of admonishment. Um, there are different selections from the prophets speaking of all the things that uh, the Israelites had done poorly, incorrectly, etc. That brings us into the mood of Tisha B'Av, a day of uh, communal mourning. And then coming out of that, uh, we're supposed to, that that day is supposed to be the end of the communal mourning. And we're supposed to come out of that into a mode of consolation leading into Rosh Hashanah. So there's this arc that's going on. And every Shabbat, um, the Haftarah is helping us to get into that mindset. Uh, so this is from what we're going to learn today is from the Haftarah that was read earlier today, beautifully by Eitan. Um, and uh, we'll talk about this idea of consolation and consolation through success, um, which is potentially an odd idea. Um, but before we even get started, I just want to open it up to everyone. How do you mark a joyous occasion? What does that involve? Um, and so that those on Zoom can hear, there's a microphone, if you don't mind using it, um, to if we can pass it around. Um, but if not, go for it. How do you mark a joyous occasion? Food, this idea of uh, gratitude. Wonderful. Other thoughts? No one has a party? There, you invite guests. You share in that, um, in that joyous occasion with other people. You don't keep it to yourself. Um, and so that's joyous occasions in general. We're thinking maybe birthday parties, things like that. But in particular, successes, um, is this something that you celebrate? If so, why? If not, why not? Yeah. <laughs> so you um, celebrate success. Yeah. How so? You wallow in success. That's quite a term. Um, other ideas? Okay. If, if not, I'm not going to force you to enjoy your success, but yeah. Okay. Song. So a lot of different ways to, um, celebrate success. Um, what I'm hoping that we'll come to an understanding of by the end of this learning is this idea that success can bring us consolation. Um, but consolation is but that level of consolation is amplified if we give thanks to those who helped us during the difficult points of success. Um, so with that in mind, um, the, I'm going to, for the sake of those on um, Zoom, I'm going to read through the text um, myself, but we'll open up to questions at various different points. There's a lot of text here, not a lot of time. We're going to try and run through it. I'm like every other rabbi um, 
very interested in learning as much as possible. And sometimes that means rushing through stuff. Uh, so um, the Haftarah begins, um, I greatly rejoice in the Lord, uh, for my whole being exalts in my God. For God has clothed me with garments of triumph, wrapped me in a, vo- in a robe of victory like a bridegroom adorned with a turban, like a bride bedecked with her finery. So this is like one understanding of um, rejoicing in God. But in general, um, what does success feel like? Like what are the emotions that you, um, that you connect to success? Elation? Surprise. Surprise? Yeah. There are plenty of times where I'm like, wow, I didn't expect that to work out. <laughs> Joy. Joy. Relief. Relief. This idea of it's finally over. We, we got through the Chagim. We can now like actually sit and enjoy. Um, not to say that the Chagim are not joyful, but uh, they can be a lot sometimes. Um, I'm glad you appreciated that at least. Um, so we've kind of covered some different emotions, but do, do those emotions seem to fit with you or seem to resonate with the metaphors that are, uh, that are in the text that we just, yeah. For sure. There, so there's this idea of sometimes it's very easy to sit in the success as being our own success, even when, and even in the cases where we were the only ones actively involved in that action, there were others there behind us at some other point that brought us to the ability to do it on our own. Um, success is very rarely, if ever, something that's truly only achieved by one person. Oftentimes you'll see at like football games, it's the MVP of the Super Bowl always seems to be the quarterback. And the quarterback is only successful with good wide receivers and other who are, and a good um, front line there to protect. Um, So it's never, even when it seems like, yes, there's this one person that's the difference maker, and it may be one person that's a difference maker, it's never always a singular effort. So um, we're going to, like I said, there's a lot of text here. We're going to run through um, this uh, Midrash from Shira Shirim Rabbah. Um, it's a lot. I'm very aware that it's a lot and it's long. Um, and it's important to kind of bring this all together. It's the second part that's really going to connect us back into the Haftarah. Um, but this first part is what's going to help to actually bring the ideas that I'm trying to bring through. Um, so please just stay with me here. Um, so uh, it starts out, Devarachir, um, another matter. Let us exalt and rejoice in you. Uh, we learned there, if a man marries a woman and stays with her 10 years and she has not given birth, he may not remain idle. Rabbi Edi said, there was an incident involving a certain woman in Sidon who stayed with her husband 10 years and she did not give birth. They came to Rabbi Shimon ben Yorchai and sought to separate from one another. He said to them, by your lives, just as you came together with food and drink, so too you shall separate only with food and drink. So the idea being brought up here, um, just as a backstory, is there's this idea that potentially um, if a couple isn't able to have kids um, and it's something that they're trying for, at the end of 10 years, um, they have the ability to say, you know, one of the purposes of this union was procreation. It's not working out. If um, the rabbis have this understanding, which we know to not necessarily to 
not be medically accurate, that it was always on the woman. Um, and therefore, after this moment, um, if the man still wants to have children, he can go and look for someone else um, to be able to have children with. That's the whole backstory on this, just so you're aware why this is even being brought up. Um, so this couple then, uh, they followed his advice and made a celebration for themselves, made a great feast, and she got him to drink in excess. When he was in good spirits, he said to her, my daughter, see any good item I have in the house, take it and go to your father's house. What did she do? After he fell asleep, she motioned to her servants and maid servants and said to them, carry him in his bed and take him to my father's house. At midnight, he awakened from his slumber after his wine had abated. He said to her, my daughter, where am I? She said to him, in my father's house. He said to her, what am I doing in your father's house? She said to him, is this not what you said to me in the evening? See any good item I have in the house, take it and go to your father's house. Uh, there is no item in the world better for me than you. They went to Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai and he stood and prayed for them and they were remembered. Um, which is to say that they were eventually able to um, have a child, to teach you that just as the Holy One, blessed blessed be he, remembers the barren, so too the righteous cause the barren to be remembered. So what is the message of this Midrash? Yeah, there's this sense of um, that the relationship is so important to her that even though he feels like this need to to follow the halakha, um, He's opening up to this, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm reading into it, maybe I'm not. He's opening up to her the ability to say, you know what, if you want to stay in this too, so do I. Like, I'm not ready to stop at this point just because we're given that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. There's a demonstration of love, like you said. Um, the matches back in the day were not necessarily love matches. Maybe once in a blue moon, you have, um, a love match or a match that's made and love comes out of it nonetheless. Um, but there's a sense of because they were grateful for each other, there was success, even though um, that's not where it starts out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So what was said was this idea for those on zoom, um, this idea of, um, the need for drunkenness um, to um, she needs to get him drunk so that he is able to listen only to his emotions and overcome the rational side of him that's saying, well, I want to have kids and it's not working out here. Um, it's for him to be able to sit in this moment and say, I love her. I what what am I doing this for? This is ridiculous. Um, and in the end, he's right. It is ridiculous. They just needed to give it a little bit more time and have trust um, that this was all going to work out. Um, so um, there's this idea of success kind of coming out through um, consolation. Um, and to me, it reminds me of, um, there's a Hasidic story that gets told all the time about this couple who um, come to their rabbi and they say, rabbi, our house is too small. So the rabbi says, take in um, bring in all the chickens and they go to the rabbi and they're like, the house got even smaller. They say, and the rabbi says to them, take, bring in all the cows to the house as well. They say, rabbi, what are you talking about? It's even smaller now. And then the rabbi says, take everything out. And they're like, oh my gosh, rabbi, you're right. Our house is huge. The house never changed. It just, what changed was their mindset about 
the moment and this idea of being consoled through the idea of appreciating what they already have. Um, so um, real quickly, um, where this midrash then goes, um, additional matters may be inferred um, a fortiori, like this idea of if, um, if this, then that, I think. I'm so used to just saying uh, all the more, if this, because this is true, all the more so this is true. Um, if a flesh and blood woman, uh, because she said uh, to another of flesh and blood, there is no item in this world better for me than you, was remembered, Israel, who are waiting for the salvation of the Holy One, blessed be he every day, and say, there is nothing good in the world other than you, all the more so. That is, let us exalt and rejoice in you. This is analogous to a noble woman whose husband, the king, her sons, and her sons-in-law went to a country overseas. Her servants told her, your sons have come home. She said, what do I care? But my daughters-in-law rejoice. They said to her, your sons-in-law have come home. She said to her, she said, what do I care? Let my daughters rejoice. They said to her, your husband, the king has come home. She said, this is complete joy, joy compounded by joy. So too in the future, the prophets will come and say to Jerusalem, your sons will come from afar. And it will say to, and it um, will say to them, what do I care? The prophets will then say, your daughters are carried on the side. And it will say to them, what do I care? When they say to it, behold, your king is coming to you righteous and victorious, it says, this is complete joy. As it is written, rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Behold, your king is coming to you. And it is written, sing and rejoice, daughter of Zion. For behold, I am coming. At that moment, it says, I will be gladdened in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God. Which is what we had said at the beginning. Um, so there's this sense in the text um, that thankfulness, gratitude um, can lead to a certain consolation um, and for the difficulty that's endured to get to that point, um, which can sound crazy at times, I'm very aware. Um, but I want to end on um, the note that the Haftarah ends on um, and then um, hopefully wrap things up. Um, so it ends on this note, I will recount the kinds acts of the Lord, the praises of the Lord for all that the Lord has wrought for us, the vast bounty to the house of Israel that he bestowed upon them according to his mercy and his great kindness to which Ibn Ezra comments, um, I will mention, uh, the wise of Israel will then acknowledge the great number of benefits bestowed upon them by God at the departure from Egypt during the exile and in their deliverance and restoration to their own country. So why, it, we kind of cover this to a certain extent, but why would this Haftarah, which is talking about success and gratitude and all that, end with mentions of God? Why mention God at the end of it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, everything, it may be thanks to other people as well, but it all goes back to God's involvement in it. Great. Um, so one last thought. Um, think of a time when you helped someone achieve a goal and you thanked them for, or when someone helped you, sorry, uh, achieve a goal and you thanked them for their, that help. And think of a time when someone helped you achieve a goal and you forgot to thank them. You just kind of took it for granted a little bit. Which achievement feels sweeter?
Yeah, acknowledging others feels good. We started at the beginning with different ways that we celebrate success or joy. And what was mentioned time and again was this idea of celebrating with others, that joy feels kind of bittersweet if it's only by ourselves. I know I was traveling um, to Israel um, back in April and um, it didn't feel as good as other times I had gone to Israel because I didn't get to be there with my wife. That was joy for me. And yes, it was wonderful to be back in Israel and to taste the falafel and just be surrounded by Hebrew. And for me, that's like the most joyous place in the world. And there's something that's missing in that um, in not being able to share that with the people that I want to share that experience with. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, we shared um, more joy is um, experienced in helping others achieve things. I know um, that for me, seeing my student, like I've staffed USY um, programs for a while, and my USYers are now coming to the point at which they're going into medical school, which is just the craziest thing, but also seeing them involved in other Jewish things and knowing that maybe I had a small role in inspiring them um, to stay involved in a Jewish community is wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. That's beautiful. So just to wrap up, um, we talked today about how success can bring us some sort of consolation, uh, but that consolation is amplified if we give thanks to those um, who helped us during the difficulty um, or the difficult points of the journey. And so we should come to this understanding that consolation is an endpoint of a journey um, filled with prayer, patience, hope, and ideally success. And we need to keep those elements of consolation in mind as we and our loved ones um, journey through the rocky times in the hope that we may console each other and reach a better place as one community. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.